This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lead in that Keith does. That'd be great. You, know, you just you just told everybody we, we might be doing that lead in that Keith does. Uh, Keith <laughs> is leading into childbirth. I'm in from vacation right now. Hudson is, is doing his second episode of the week, and we got a special guest in Elliot Shore Parks of the Clap Your Hands podcast. Of course, Philadelphia 76ers, Brooklyn Nets, a little crossover edition. Hit the music. Wait, wait, wait. We're doing that Brooklyn, Nets, Brooklyn talk. Nets talk right here on Talking Nets. Brooklyn, we go hard. We go, go hard. Talking Nets. Hosted by Keith McPherson, Robin Lundberg, and Hudson Flynn. I just alluded to um, Keith is dealing with what one deals with when a child is is uh, nigh <laughs> as he is about to have a, a baby boy. So congratulations to him. Um, I'm running in from from being off this week, but we have a big playoff series. So we had to come together to get something done. And it's a special crossover edition. Hudson Flynn's here as normal. And we're joined by Elliot Shore Parks of the Clap Your Hands podcast. Hopefully the Nets don't get clapped. By the Sixers, <laughs> Elliot, and and my first question for you is, um, with this series where it is, and of course yeah. Nets fans are going to talk themselves into how they match up with the Sixers, how well they can do. Philly's a big favorite. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think the general public expects the Sixers to run away with it. How do Sixers fans feel right now? What what's the mood in, in Philly as far as the the possible threat that the Nets? Yeah. Might well, so first, thanks for having me on. Um, I would say the general mood of Sixers fans entering the playoffs is terrified, just because if you think about the last few seasons and how it's ended, I think people have been waiting all year for this moment. The Sixers have been incredibly impressive. Uh, they have the most wins in franchise history since 2001. They have the best player in the NBA. They have James Harden having a resurgent season, which I'm sure is not fun for uh, for you Brooklyn Nets fans to watch. But I think ultimately, this is a team that has been bounced in the second round the last few years. And so this is what it's been all about. Now, in terms of the Nets matchup, um, to, for me, it reminds me a lot of when the Giants played the Eagles in the playoffs. And there was a lot of talk of, well, actually, the Giants might be able to do it. And if you think about it, they're underdogs and they're really good at this and that. And then the Eagles just absolutely smacked them around and embarrassed them. I think that's what this is going to be. I think that, you know, ultimately, Sixers fans, in terms of how they're feeling, they feel terrified about the playoffs, but I don't even think they're thinking about the Nets. Like, you never hear anybody talk about 
the series or talk about how it could be tough or any of those things. You just hear talks about if they can beat Milwaukee or Boston in the later round. So as of now, yeah, I don't think many people are thinking about the Nets. It's more about the next round. And we hear that a lot in sports, right? When you have teams like the Sixers are with lots of expectations, it's fair to say Mm -hmm. that they, it looks like are probably going to have the MVP. They are one of the teams in the playoffs with the highest uh, levels of expectations looking past your first round matchup is a theme in sports. And sometimes it causes no problems. And sometimes it causes worlds of problems. Just ask Purdue of late. (laughs) When you're thinking about the, the general, uh, you know, Sixers fandom reaction to what's going on and all of the focus on the later rounds, do you think that that kind of uh, that feeling that thinking is reflected at all within the team, or is that just a fan culture? Uh, situation that you guys are having um I mean look I think that human nature is human nature and I'm sure that there is part of the Sixers deep down that are worrying about Boston and Milwaukee right I just think that's that's what it is in the NBA you're right that looking past your opponent can be dangerous but not really in the NBA like there's just really not a ton of upsets it's hard to balance a team four out of seven games when they're just so much better I mean the Sixers are at a different point in their development and a a talent perspective than the Nets are. The Nets really only have maybe one and a half good players. And one of those players in Mikel Bridges, you know, I think he's a good player, but he's probably putting up a lot of stats because he's the guy as opposed to being ready to be a legit number one. I think he's probably more of a a two or a three on on a legit contending team. So I think that internally the Sixers, they know they should win this series. They know that ideally they want to get it done in four games so that they can rest up for the second round. So I do think, uh, again, like with the fans, it's hard to get a read on them just because they're not really talking about them. So like, I I think that, yes, they're looking past them for sure. But I think with uh, the Sixers, they know that, look, they have to go out and beat this team. Um, I just think that they don't actually have any worry about it. You know, um, I'm going to push back a little bit now just because uh, it's, getting right. a, it's getting a little out of hand. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I mean, you know, put up more fight than the Nets. We'll see, you know. Or... Yeah. Well, first of all, the Nets have more than one and a half good players. You know, Mikel Bridges Woo! is a very good player. Nick Claxton is a very good player. Yeah, Spencer that's the Din- other half. Yeah. Spencer Dinwiddie is a good player. Uh, you know, Royce O'Neal is a solid basketball player. Not according player. to Kyle Kuzma. I don't know if you saw Twitter today. Yeah, no, no. That worries me a little <laughs> bit because it makes me think that that Spence is going to – try and take over a game or something, yeah. you know, just causing a little unnecessary uh, headlines before the series starts. But Dinwiddie led the NBA in assists in March. He's played very well for this Nets team since the trade. Uh, yeah. Claxton is one of the best defensive bigs in the league. We know what, what Bridges is capable of. Cam Johnson is a good do-it-all sort of glue guy player. And, and so the Nets aren't overwhelming you with stars. I just – I have to be – a little reticent of cockiness coming from a team that's fronted by James Harden, who, mm-hmm. you know, is known for not exactly coming through in the playoffs and Joel Embiid, for, who is likely the MVP as, as Hudson said, but has never been past the second round of the playoffs. And yeah. when you look at that, this matchup specifically, I was at the game, the first bridges game, it was the debut of bridges and Johnson and Finney Smith and, and Dinwiddie. Remember, this is a new iteration of, of basically an entire team. Yep. And the Nets blew that game down the stretch. Now, the refs did one of their last two-minute reports and said that Dinwiddie got fouled on a play and he should have shot free throws. They would have won the game. Nevertheless, I do think 
there are some things the Nets can do head-to-head specifically in this matchup that will make it tough on Philly. One, the way that they can defend. You know, they, they don't have anybody to stop Embiid, but nobody really does. But I think they can, they can use timely double teams. I think they can switch a lot of things. And I think they're much faster out in transition than the Sixers. Because yep. Joel Embiid, when you get into the playoffs, he's had a tough time getting up and down the court. He can lumber a little bit getting up and down the court. Uh, James Harden has never been known for busting his tail to get back. So I think if the, if the Nets can swarm, they can switch, they can be timely with those double teams, they can get out and transition and run, they can give the Sixers some problems. A lot of that's going to come down to their three-point shooting, um, which, which has been the case since this team has been put together. But I, I just don't like the idea that um, you know it, it's just a, a bum squad that the, the Sixers will well, completely I, I just... pull over. Look, I just think when you look at the Nets right now, they're a bunch of role players, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. If they can go out and get a legit star, or ideally in the NBA you need two of them, they could compete quickly because they have a lot of young, athletic, long guys. Like you said, they can get out. I do think one worry for the Sixers, if there is one, is the Nets kind of don't know what they don't know, whereas the Sixers enter this with so much baggage. You mentioned the the playoff failures about how they haven't been out of the second round. They're carrying that into the series. The Nets... I mean, you could argue the season's already a success in a way just because of how Mikel Bridges has looked, and there's no expectation for him. So one flaw the Sixers do have is they can look old and slow at times, right? Embiid is not super fast. Obviously, I think Harden is in better shape and playing better than he was when he was in Brooklyn. So if you watch him for seven games, you, I mean, well, probably four games, that you'll be more, you'll be surprised as to he does look better. P.J. Tucker, obviously very old. So I don't disagree with you that the Nets, if they can get out and run, could cause some problems for the Sixers. But in terms of how they'll guard Embiid, like the Nets just don't, I think Embiid has 60 or 70 pounds on every big man the Nets actually play. So he has a huge size advantage. Teams in the past have tried to double him. He's way better now than he used to be at that early on in his career. And really even within last year and the year before, he's had turnover problems. If you double him, he wasn't used to seeing it coming. He could get sloppy with the ball, but he's been far better with that this year. So I think just the Sixers have easily the two best players in the series. And in the NBA, that kind of is what it is. Now, from the Nets perspective, I'd also say, if they shoot well, then they could be a problem because the Sixers do allow good three-point shots. Like when you see the Sixers lose, it's because guys are shooting wide open threes. The Nets have some shooters for sure. So that would be one concern, I think, for the Sixers. That is if their defense, which can be pretty hit or miss, does allow open shots to the Nets, they at least do have guys hip- capable of hitting them at a potentially high clip. Well, I think it's guys like Dorian Finney-Smith, right? Is he hitting his corner threes? Yep. Th- that kind of thing. Uh, Rahola88 uh, writes in the chat, the Nets have a puncher's chance. Tamaris Aquamarine says, who needs to hear from this jerk from Philly? We- we're not going to call him a jerk here, guys. He should choke on one of those awful Philly cheese. That's very oh, – yeah, take that back. We're, we're Look, stricken, I, uh, stricken from the record. I personally don't <laughs> – I, I have nothing negative to say about a Philly cheesesteak. Yeah. You know – it, it's, well, it's that's, better than New York pizza, so I guess that you know kind of. Oh, well, see, right. no, now there, there we're gonna have issues. There we're gonna, yeah, especially I mean, on pizza a, a tastes Brooklyn the same game. everywhere, so it's really it doesn't not though. Different. It doesn't you can really only get a good cheese until you. I, you've clearly never been to St. Louis and had a uh, like a <laughs> like Provel cheese on, yeah. on pizza. Yeah, and I, I will say I do have to push back, and I don't want to. Obviously, we're kind of two on oneing the uh, the Sixers fan <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> I don't. I do have to push back a little bit. Uh, this it seems to be to me at least that among 
Sixers fans, and I understand why, there has been a bit of a look past when it comes to the impact that Nick Claxton can have on a series in the playoffs when, and anyone who watches the NBA can admit this, the refs tend to swallow their whistles quite a bit more mm-hmm. than they do in the regular season. And as a Sixers fan, I'm sure you've heard the uh, the free throw merchant allegations yeah. all season and for as long as your core as it is currently constructed has existed. Do you think, and, and I would say yes, that there are some problems that are going to be faced by the Sixers if they cannot get to the line in the same way? Because quite frankly, we've seen Joel Embiid struggle when he can't get those free points. And if you have a player like Nick Claxton, who... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply say one and a half good players all you want. Nick Claxton is not half of a good player. He is a top three finalist for defensive player of the year at center. And you can't deny that. Yeah, He may not be physically as dominant as Joel Embiid, but the Nets also have two of the best defensive wings in the league. So what happens then when, you know, the the free throws maybe aren't coming at the same clip that they did in the regular season? So I think a couple of things. One thing from the ref perspective, you do wonder if Embiid, with how much weight he has on Nick Claxton, if there are going to be, if there are, if they are going to call it close and the refs are involved, then you do wonder if Embiid's going to pick up some fouls just because of how big he is. And you're right, Nick Claxton is a good defender. But I also think that if they're going to let them play, Embiid is just too big to, to get stopped by Nick Claxton. So that would be kind of my counter to that. In terms of Embiid's game, one thing you're seeing this year from him that you haven't seen in past years, or at least not as much, is he is playing more from the perimeter. He really, especially with James Harden, they've done a good job of getting him the ball in a good spot in the perimeter. He's hitting his mid-range jumper at a higher clip than he ever has. So I think in past years, and you're right, he does shoot a lot of free throws. I think it's about 11 a game or, or something like that. So he does rely on it to an extent, but he is still the most unstoppable force on offense in the NBA right now. I mean, in, in the post, he can get it done. But again, he doesn't need to, to live down low and live at the free throw line. He will take those mid-range jumpers all game, and he makes them at a high clip just because he's so tall and it's hard to get in the face of him. Now, Nick Claxton is a good defender for sure. I just I haven't seen anybody be able to stop Embiid this year, and I don't think the refs will be able to do it. Well, look, Embiid's the biggest flopping big man I've ever seen in my life. Oh, uh, on top, uh, yes, he is. I've never like, seen a big he, flop. He's a generational. He falls he's a generational hard for sure, flopper. but I wouldn't call it flopping. Uh, look, no, I don't know what you're being defensive about. It works for him. It works. <laughs> well, look, it's a skill, it right? I mean, you know, it is a skill in a certain extent. I just don't think he flops. Ah, uh, I, I, I mean, I, the way he hits the floor and, and flails his arms up. I mean, he, he does yeah, the hard in that regard falling. too. I'll agree with that. He is bad at falling. He, sure. He's he's got as big a bag as any big man maybe yeah. ever. I mean, he's right up there. I'm not saying the guy isn't an awesome player. He clearly is. It is just aggravating that free throw bros, Philadelphia free throws, whatever you want to call them. Um, 
that's but that's the things I call them. But th- they also have the burden of proof, like I said before, in the postseason. Name a memorable James Harden postseason moment. Yeah, but, but here's the problem with that. First of all, Harden has had good Missed a lot of threes right? that one time. He did miss a lot of threes in that one game. But again, that was against what? The best team of all time, arguably, or at least one of the most dominant dynasties. You are right. They have had bas- bad playoff moments. But you know where they haven't had them? In the first round. The Sixers always get out of the first round. And not only do they always get out of the first round, they almost always just smoke the team in the first round. And the Ra- the Raptors last year, they probably lost one more game than they should have. They, you know, they consistently take care of business in the first round. So you are right. If I was on a Celtics pod, I would agree with you. But but I'm on a Nets pod. And ultimately, that the Sixers have taken care of business in the first round. And again, the Nets are in a good place. Like, I think the, the beginning stages of their rebuild is in a good place. They're just not a legit playoff team. Like, they're not a legit contender, whereas the Sixers absolutely are. Well, legit contender versus legit playoff team. You know, the, the again, the, the Nets got thrown together at the deadline. Four yeah. new starters. They finished about 500, I would say, mm-hmm. since the trade deadline. 500 since the Kyrie trade. 500 since the Kyrie trade. So, obviously, the, the record with KD before that ha- had an effect on where they were positioned. But they acquitted themselves well, and they were rolling towards the end of the year. And, and I do think – you're not wrong. Your comeback is good. And, by the way, I, I love the, the banter back and forth. Yeah, it's, but it's a good time. The um, the Nets do have a lot of guys, a lot of wing players, a lot of guys who can do what I was talking about before. Dwayne Greed ha- had written in the chat, Miami showed how to beat the Sixers. They struggle against zone defenses, and when you shade slash head and beat, hedge and beat, it creates issues for them as well. I do think that's going to be the Nets' strategy because they keep talking about the free throws for Embiid. And you don't want Claxton picking up two fouls at the beginning of the game. You, you don't want the, you know, the, the free throw parade for Embiid. There's no problem in scoring 30 points. That's just a given. That's that's going to happen. Yeah. It's how he's getting those points, and it's are you frustrating him. And I think they're going to send those quick doubles when he touches the ball or, or fake those, those doubles when he touches the ball and rely on that length, those rotations. Again, try and get him out to transition. Try and set up the three-point shots. Mikael Bridges has a chance to prove to all the skeptics that he's better than, you know, on a run right now, yeah. right? Like that he's a legitimate yep. uh, bona fide star in the league. And then the, the Nets have a bunch of vets too. Like these aren't guys who haven't been there and done that. They play with pride. They're not going to wilt. They're going to they're gonna execute the game plan that is put out mm-hmm. in front of them. So you give them a little confidence early in the series. I think that could, you know, change things a, a little bit. Uh, the, the longer the series goes, the, you know, the better for the Nets, if you will, because eventually it would get in the heads of those six uh-huh. guys, both James Harden and, and you know, Joel Embiid isn't free for, you know, from the criticism. It's always Doc Rivers. It's always James Harden. It was Ben Simmons before, you know, eventually he's got to get out of the second round and he's got to play better himself in the postseason. He's been injured. So you yeah. got to give him, you got to give him the defense there, but he often looks a little bit more lethargic to me in the postseason. And the one thing he's missing, I would say Elliot is he doesn't get his own in the sense of he has to be given the ball in specific spots. He's not creating off the bounce. So if you can take away the things he likes off the catch, it's not like he's going to dribble it out behind the three-point line and, and break you down in isolation. Yeah, so I think with the Embiid thing, you were right that they have not lost a playoff series where he's been great. Like, this isn't a situation where he's averaged 40 points and they just lost because everyone else is wilted. Even that Hawks series where people rip Ben Simmons, and I don't know if you want to talk about Ben or not, but if people, when people rip Ben Simmons, like Embiid had some bad games in there too. So I'm not defending Embiid's past playoff record. And I do agree with you that the Nets have a lot of guys. I just think the biggest difference is 
They just have guys. Sixers have the guys. Like, they have players who have been in playoff moments. And again, you can rip their playoff record all they want, and there's truth to it, but it hasn't come in early rounds. And frankly, for Harden, it's mostly come against really good teams, right? Like, so I, I think that where, where I think this could be interesting, and to your point, if the Nets can get out and run, if they can force Embiid into spots he doesn't like. Now, I will say Embiid's led the league in points for two years, so not a lot of teams have been able to do that. But if the Nets are able to keep this close, I just don't know in the final three minutes. I mean, the Sixers have Embiid, Harden. We haven't even talked about Maxi, who I think you can argue He's not as big as Mikel Bridges, so I think in the long run, that's a problem for him. But he's an excellent, I mean, elite three-point shooter, right? Like, he can easily get you 25 like that. So I think they have arguably even the three best players in the series. But that aside, in the final few minutes of the game, which where we know NBA games can really be decided, the Sixers just have so many more people to go to than the Nets. So that would be my, my like, counter to the Nets can maybe steal a game or two is this, I just think if even if the Nets can keep it close, I don't see who they go to in crunch time. Well, that was a problem in the game I went to. I referenced they couldn't score down the stretch. Now, yeah. I worry about I worry about Philly in, in clutch time, to be honest. Like, maybe not against the Nets. Well, they were one right. of the best clutch time teams in the league this year. on But offense. not in the playoffs. Like regular season, agreed, yeah, for sure. It, 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 look, they get a chance to prove it. But in, yeah. until you actually do it in the playoffs, I, I ignore the, the regular season. The Nets have a really good defensive team as far as personnel goes. Um, and, and they did have a double-digit lead in that game. Again, they lost, yeah. so I'm, I'm arguing against myself. In, 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 no, in it was Nets. very close. You're right. That game but, was very close. But the, the Sixers also lack – something that the Nets have struggled with is point-of-attack players. Uh, the, the Sixers don't really have that. Harden's game isn't that, right? It's step-back threes. It's trying to draw fouls. Maybe that's Maxi a little bit, but also not his game. Maxi's a little undersized. Now, yeah. I will say Harden's first step is a little quicker than you guys would think, and I personally, coming to the year, didn't think he'd be able to regain it. Now, he is dealing with an Achilles injury, so, you know, I – this last probably week and a half, two weeks of the season, he hasn't looked great. Now, and you guys can probably, you know, you're used to hearing about this during his time in Brooklyn. So a lot of the talk is, is he saving it for the playoffs, right? Like, is he just resting it up? Now, he has been better getting to the basket this year than he was last year. So that is one reason for the Sixers to be hopeful. But you're right that the Sixers don't have this elite, like, tall wingman that can really get that. That's not who they have. They have Harden, who's one of the best passers in the league. Maxi was one of the best shooters. And then they do have like other guys. I mean, Tobias is what he is. He's overpaid. He is somewhat where you can give it to him and to rely on him to create a little bit on his own. And then PJ Tucker is just going to shoot corner threes. But you're right that they don't have that elite, elite wing score that maybe a lot of other contending teams have. And the Nets have struggled with point of attack players. But aside from that, and the statistics back this up, the Nets have been a top three defensive team in the league. And yeah. those are statistics. Well, but see the where Nets, I was switched. Sorry, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say the Nets from a matchup perspective, I don't think any player matches up one for one, like for like against Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid leads the league in scoring for a reason. He gets to the line. He gets his. I don't think any Nets fan is out there saying that there is any player on the Nets who is single-handedly going to stop Joel mm -hmm. Embiid. But when you look at a team construction, I struggle to see how you can look past the Nets from a different a defensive perspective, just based on how the Nets are constructed. They seem to be designed to beat a team like the Sixers, you know, for lack of a well, better word, a lack of better words, all of the, the, the mobile long, tall defenders that the Nets have. I don't know if we're going to do it, but they make for a system that is 
ca- more capable, I would say, of stopping the Sixers' offensive prowess than you would see from many other teams across the league. Man, you guys are bringing in a third person here, bringing in <laughs> someone out the bullpen. Oh, it's the swarming, it's the swarming defense, right? We got you. Exactly. You're Joel like, Embiid. I feel like We're Embiid is the, the three-on-one. No, um, no. Look, to I, I don't know. If you is Keith hopping in, or should I? No, go ahead. Um, go, go. Okay. Well, I was just gonna say uh, to Hudson's point. No, I think you're right. Like the the Nets do have a lot of athletic wing players. Now, to being the third best defensive team. Um, I do think they're kind of a regular season team because they try hard. And in the regular season, especially the period of the regular season where they were together, a lot of these contending teams are preparing for the playoffs. So I'll be interested to see in a series where teams coach up specifically to attack them and they have to play more high leverage minutes, how that defense will hold up. But you are right that this, the nets are more athletic than the Sixers like point blank period. The Sixers strength is not athleticism. The Sixers strength is they have the best player in the league and they have good players around him. And so ultimately I believe that went wins out. Allen Iverson. <laughs> well, they, I mean, he was, he was the last MVP. So, you know, we're happy here in Philly to get another one. Not I, so fast. <laughs> nah, it's well, the votes look good. Yeah. Yo, my bad fellas. I'm obviously in baby land and, uh, just had dinner with my wife, who's not allowed to eat food or drink um, <laughs> before we go into this thing tomorrow. So appreciate you guys getting everything off the ground. Elliot, thank you for joining us. Yeah, um, I'll fall back. I'll fall back as I don't really know exactly what you guys were talking about. The Nets defense. Uh, and, Elliot uh, Elliot thinks that the Sixers are going to dog walk the Nets, essentially. That's yeah, also, I just don't think also, <laughs> not only that. You're, you're not only that. they're going to sweep the Nets in four games. It's going to be that light. It's going to be easy. Yeah, I mean – I think if we're looking at it, honestly, they'll win in four games. Now, I love not that. A, uh, honestly, one I will say the honest look, You, the odds makers don't agree with you. Well, they are uh, the heaviest dr- favorite in the first round, I believe, right? Aren't they like minus 1,000 or something? No, it moved to like 600. I was about to say, uh, when the money came in, the, the line moved. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but well, you Philly, on, on you Philly guys... Win? You guys get so confident around this time, right? You well, get to the, the first Super round. Bowl, that's where we show up. You get to the, the World Series. <laughs> it, the, yeah. the Nets are plus 600. The Sixers are minus 900. The Celtics okay. are minus 1,000. Um, they haven't posted the – the Bucks will be bigger favorites as well, I, I'd imagine, okay. once that comes out. Yeah. Uh, I just saw Mikael Bridges, by the way, said that he was upset for a really long time that the Sixers traded him. I saw so that too. There are, you know, there are some things agree. Sixers work. fans agree. Working in his favor as far as thought, having that true breakout he was series. Fairly mediocre. No, I mean he's uh, a great Mikhail role Bridges player. Is. So I think he'd be perfect. <laughs> a great role player. Yeah, he's, he's a, a great, great role player. player. A great. I mean, imagine him as a better option on than the James that Harden over the last twenty-seven yeah. games. Well, look, the Sixers had a player in Michael Carter Williams that put up good numbers on a bad team too. So we wow. see that you know when you wow. get there. Michael Carter Williams gets the Michael Carter Williams did get he did get rookie of the year, but no, Michael Bridges is better than MCW. I'll agree with you on that. Wow, one has to ask. I agree with you. On does that. he know ball? Does Keith, he know you know ball what else whatsoever? he doesn't? He doesn't think Joel Embiid is a flopper. When I would say he's a generational flopper. Yeah, I, I, well, I don't see how you look. All, all, all players go for calls, but this idea that he's like flopping up and down. I don't know how many Sixers games you guys watch. Like he, he doesn't do that. He falls hard, which I agree with, but I don't think he flops. He, There's a reel of him falling. A- <laughs> we, we could go into uh, NBA Twitter and type in. Joel, Joel Embiid flop, and I guarantee yeah. you someone's got a real – NBA Twitter also, also tells you Jokic is a good defender. So, you know, ultimately you have to decide what you're going to believe. <laughs> yeah, on, those uh, Denver fans, they be smoking that la-la-la. <laughs> <laughs> la. 
Matt Bleak. <laughs> well, here's one thing we can agree on, Ben Simmons. But, but, but while we're all sitting here arguing, going back and forth, banter in good spirit, I think we can we can pound virtually <laughs> um, that we, we, we're not big fans of Ben Simmons. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Like, uh, so Ben Simmons here, I mean, clearly – that trade couldn't have worked out better from the for the Sixers and the perspective that yeah I mean and I'll be honest so when when Ben was here I wanted him to draft Brand Brandon Ingram over Ben so I've never been a Ben guy I just I don't like he's he can't score and ultimately that that matters when you're talking about being the best player on a team but I think with Ben when you look at what happened with the Sixers to what happens now. I almost feel bad for the guy. Like clearly he went through something in that Hawk series. Clearly his back is, is messed up. He's just not the same guy. He's a shell of himself. Um, and he's just not very good anymore. So I feel bad for nets from that perspective. Maybe in a year, he'll be a contract. You guys can trade away, but he's done. Like his career is absolutely over. Yeah. Well, you guys ruined him. Thanks for, um, you know, <laughs> well, him, him not shooting certainly helped, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. When I think about Ben Simmons, I think he's cooked. But, uh, you know, the treatment that he got from the Philly fans, even when the Nets went back there for the first time with him, it was just so overdone and so hyped up. And then it died down some. So when I think about Ben Simmons in this series, of course, he's not there. I said on our last episode, Nets fans were trying to sell me on who's going to guard Embiid, who's going to guard Embiid earlier on in the season. Like it was going to be Ben when we got to playoff time with KD and Kyrie. Now, you know, without KD and Kyrie, it's still not Ben. And even if it was, it isn't like Ben Simmons can stop Embiid. We did see their matchup earlier in the season, whatever. But uh, do you anticipate? I think he's going to be on the bench. I think he's going to be Gucci, Louis, Fendi, Prada with his designer (laughs) outfits on the bench. Do you anticipate fans heckling him, like paying any attention to him? He does not matter at all to this game. But do you expect the uh, Philly fans to be giving it to him, even though he's a non-factor? I hope not. I agree with you. I think the way Philly fans treated him on his return, I'm all for fans booing. Like I let fans react how they're going to react. But at the end of the day, I just think it's picking on someone when they're down. Like, what are you gaining by make like chanting F Ben and stuff like that? So the Sixers fans showed Ben a lot of support here for his career when he didn't shoot clearly at the end, it, it unraveled and Ben holds blame in that as well. Um, If he is on the bench and if he is in Philly, I'm sure there will be people that that yell at him, mostly because these games will probably be over by the fourth quarter, so they'll have other things to worry about. But if you look at Ben and him on the bench, yeah, I think it'll be a distraction. But I hope they don't, because I feel bad for Ben at this point. Uh, so I Yo, hope they don't boo him. He got that Philly that Philly attitude right off, you know. <laughs> what, what? No, but honestly, what have you seen from the Sixers and or the Nets that leads you to believe that by the fourth quarter, right, mm-hmm. I think we're a second-half team, by the fourth quarter of these games, like, I, are you expecting Embiid to go for 50 every night? I mean, he could, honestly. He's the best no, player he in the can. league. And they have nobody to stop him. So, ultimately, he probably could go to He's not the best player in the league. Joel Embiid is not the best player in the league. He's not the best player in the league. Giannis is a better player. Giannis is a better player. Giannis is not even talented offensively. He's basically a better Ben Simmons. I take Jason Tatum over Joel Embiid. Jason uh, Tatum averages like 16 points against the Sixers and has not been a good shooter the last two years of his career. Joel Embiid has never been out of the second round of the playoffs. Okay, Tatum got there one time. I'm not disputing that, but we're talking about best players right now. We're not talking about playoff resumes. And Joel Embiid is an elite defender. He is arguably the best offensive player in the game when Durant isn't like healthy, which he's been on and off. Embiid is unstoppable. Giannis isn't that skilled offensively. Jokic doesn't really shoot. Embiid can do all three levels, and he's un- like, what? Jokic is than statistically 
the best, the most I, efficient for, scorer in the history of the NBA. Yeah, he shoots like twelve times a game. I, I'm if biased, I shot twelve times a game and beat against big men. I, I don't. I, I look the Jokic and Bead argument. Fine. I wouldn't take either of them. I again, Tatum's been out of there like at least three times. I think. Yeah, that round. Or twenty five. Oh, I like Tatum. I Steph like Curry. Him. LeBron, if he was healthy, I would still take in a playoff series. He's not really healthy at you the. You think at LeBron's the, the best player in the league? Uh, in a playoff series, if he was healthy, I would take LeBron as a top five player in no, the I'm league. The best so at this point, no. the best. No, right now I would say no, Giannis or Steph. Giannis and Steph are the two best players in the league in my mind. So I think Steph has an argument off of just when he gets going, he is unstoppable and he has a proven playoff record. I just think Giannis, like, look, he's won a title. He's awesome. But I'm saying this year, Embiid has been better. Like, right now, if we're, st- if we're stacking resumes, yeah, Giannis is probably ahead of – well, he is ahead of Embiid at this point. But right now, Embiid's a better player. Why can't the Nets be the Atlanta Hawks? Because Embiid got bounced by the Atlanta Hawks. He did. Well, that was the second round. So there's a difference there uh-huh. in the first round. <laughs> um, they also had your guy, Ben Simmons, who completely choked in that series. Embiid didn't play well. He deserves blame for it that. Was one play. But, but also, <laughs> the, the Hawks are bet. That Hawks team is better than this Nets team. Trey Young that year was better than anything the Nets have this year. They got players that played over their heads. The Hawks have fell apart since then for sure. And look, are the Sixers capable of maybe losing a game in this series? Yes, I'm not disputing that. But ultimately, the Nets are just not a team ready to win in the playoffs. You guys know it. It's just a fact. The Sixers lost that series because Kevin Herter played out of his mind. I, I love Kevin Herter. I'm I, I knew yeah, him in high school. We're from Seth the same Curry town. Was on your team, but yeah, I'm just yeah. Seth Curry's you know Seth Curry's another he's watching watching from the bench. <laughs> I, everything that you just said about what happened in that series. I don't understand me personally why those aren't things that could happen in this in this series, right? Think about it. I mean, just from a from a pure numbers perspective, Mikhail Bridges can average 30. They have a player that can put up 10 assists a game in Spencer Dinwiddie, and they have Kevin Herter level shooters three deep on this team. I other than the fact that other than what you've said that this that happened in the second round, which to me doesn't mean much playoffs is playoffs. What? Why can't there be a collapse like that other than delusion? Well, I mean, look, if everyone on the Sixers plays worse than they are and everyone in the Nets plays better than they are, then yes, it's possible. I'm just saying if you base off what has happened this year, like the Sixers are just a far superior team. Again, this reminds me a lot about when the Giants came to Philadelphia in the playoffs. Like everybody thought, no, it does because everybody thought the Giants were like, oh, they're an upstart team. They're going to blah, blah, blah. And they got absolutely smoked. Like, but the people, Eagles were a legit people, juggernaut. The Sixers were the third best team in the league. The Sixers are the third best team in the league, which is probably honestly no, where they're the not. The Sixers who are the, the third best team in this NBA right in now. In this current NBA. Who, who in the West is better than them? The Nuggets I, and the Suns. I, I, the Nuggets I, I, are not better than them. The Nuggets indeed beat them earlier this year. And they, and they won more games. Maybe even Memphis and the Kings. Okay. I mean, look, those teams have no – I like the Grizzlies to an extent. They're not as good as the Sixers. We all know in the East and really in the league, it's the Bucks, the Celtics, and the Sixers. That's it. Whoever comes out the West, maybe we'll have a chance if the Suns can put it together. But ultimately, the Sixers are the third best team in the league.
I put the Bucks and Celtics on a different level than the the Sixers. Again, maybe I, I will take it back. I will I will have a mea culpa. But these guys have to show and prove. I mean, I could make the argument you'd take Mikhail Bridges over James Harden right now. You know, like as far as going forward, at least. Yeah, when, going when forward because he's factoring like in the, the defense. Younger. Yeah, but when sure. you factor in the, you know, because you you mentioned Tyrese Maxey might be the third best player in the series, and he's six foot two or whatever. Well, <laughs> well, Bridges is you know an All NBA defender who's gone 50, 40, 90, yeah. scoring thirty points a game since he got to Brooklyn. Yeah, no, I look, I Mikel Bridges has been really good for you guys. I'm just saying there's a difference between putting up numbers in the regular season and being the guy in a playoff series. And I'll be interested to see if he can do it. Again, that's true. I like I like Mikel Bridges, right? I think the Sixers shouldn't have traded him. I think if he was on the Sixers, he'd be a great role player. I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying ultimately there is a difference between the guy and having to in in, in the playoff series and not. And I'll be curious to see how he does. If he's awesome, it would be great for you guys. Like you might win a game then. I'm just saying ultimately going into next year, you will feel better about him if he has a great playoff series. That's what it's about for you guys, seeing who you can keep for next year. For the Sixers, it's about advancing and moving on. L- last thing I'll say is, um, and and I agree, it isn't just about this series for the Nets. You know, it, it is kind of how. House money, um, n- no doubt about it. Um, but don't let them take game one. I'm not picking the Sixers in a series, but don't let the Nets take well, game look, one. Well, look, that Saturday 1 o'clock game is certainly worrisome from a Sixers perspective. <laughs> it's so. an early game. You better be ready to go. Yeah. Uh, Elliot, you're the man. Appreciate you taking the time out to join us, and you gave us that Philly energy as we expected. <laughs> and uh, you didn't back down. I didn't catch all of it, but I'm glad I came in to catch the end of it. Good luck, but I just – now I'm like I gotta figure out some kind of bets. I don't think that I don't think that this Sixers team is sweeping the Nets. I think that this Nets team, they you don't have enough film on them. You don't have enough to know what they're gonna do. They know what to do right. against Embiid, Harden, Maxi. Hopefully Doc Rivers is ready because the narratives out there. Doc Rivers has choked before. Harden has come up small in the playoffs. And B better stay healthy. He better be ready to go, or it's gonna be another end to a Philly season. That comes up short. I don't think you guys are going to lose in the finals. I, I I don't even think you get to the finals. Yeah. For, well, look, for, I would make a bet too. Maybe some New York pizza, but I can just go grab better pizza here. So I I, I appreciate the offer on that bet. But we'll uh we'll just see what happens. You live along, in Jersey. I thought pizza was pizza <laughs> everywhere. Uh, along with those pizza Philly choke steaks. I'm saying. In all seriousness, I've like. You guys do a great job. Uh, I do check your clips out all the time um, from the pod. So I look forward to the series. And uh, look, maybe we'll talk afterwards. Good luck. Clap your hands. (laughs) Elliot, thanks for joining us. Talking Nets. uh, Appreciate everybody pulling up in the chat. And, uh, you know, we tried to do this little collab pod. I obviously was running late getting out of the city and everything. But hopefully you enjoyed that. Um, I will be joining the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast at 830. I don't think it's all of us. I think they specifically just wanted me for like 15 minutes. I'll retweet the link, but uh, make sure you subscribe to the pod and like this pod before you get out of here. And we'll be back. We'll be back. Maybe not this week. Um, I'm about to go off on an adventure to meet my son tomorrow and uh, become a dad and all of that. But um, when this series gets going, if it gets cooking, we'll figure out a time to come come together next week. I think the Nets win at least one game. I don't think they're getting swept. And I like the I fact he, that he Philly was given, he was given Mikhail Bridges Michael Carter Williams comps. Uh-uh. <laughs> Philly Philly is taking the Nets so lightly. Like I guess that's why you need a Katie and Kyrie to be feared. But no, let us fly under the radar, play with house money, and shock the world, Nets world. This is gonna be fun. You guys got anything else before we wrap here? Close it out. That's it, man.
you already know what time it is. I know we got to wait till Saturday, but uh, I'll do this pod and then I'll do this this uh, pod later. So you'll have two pods, mashup pods, and then Saturday, one o'clock. Let's go Nets. Let's go Nets, bro.